Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. So all you people are gutsy enough to come into this church, huh? Well, like they said when they used to introduce Kiss, what? You wanted the best, you got the best. He knows it. Amen. Love you too. Love you too. Love you too. There's nothing else like it, I can tell you that. There really isn't. You know, the one thing I wanted to just launch with this morning, it's got nothing to do with the message, but who knows if I'll ever get to the message. I don't usually preach a whole, I, I probably preach half of what I bring, if that, but you know, the, the thing that's been resonating in my mind is we've seen the developments this week of all the lies that have happened as far as the propaganda that's been run, the... You're like, Tom, this is politics. I'm telling you in a minute, if you just hang in there and not be a typical 2022 Christian, which is to be so easily offended, if you just sit and wait, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you won't be offended. Well, you might be offended because maybe your agenda is just more important than the truth. Some people will never let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. But anyway, as it's come out this week that the Biden campaign, the DNC, the the DOJ, Trump's DOJ at that, we're talking to Twitter and Facebook and everything else and we're basically influencing, heavily influencing the, the election. I wanted you to know that it's a common spirit. It's not, it's not politics. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what it, what's happening, our opposition our enemy, so to speak, is not flesh and blood. It's ideologies, it's principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, not the world itself, not the people. When I say the world itself, I mean the people of the world. They're not, they're not our enemies. They may act in that capacity, willingly, unwillingly, knowingly or unknowingly, but they, but they, they in and of themselves are not who we're warring against. You need to see these ideologies. You need to see these lies. Why did Twitter pull down basically anything the Biden campaign told them to pull down, the DNC and the DOJ, which by the way is a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution of America, of Declaration of Independence, I mean the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, everything. The First Amendment, Bill of, um, our right to free speech. So. Why, why, was, why was Twitter willing to do that? What, well, it's an ideology. What they did was they created a problem. We, have a, we, we, we feel like they had, the, they had the, the, the FBI going to them and saying, you know, there may be Russian disinformation that's gonna be spread throughout uh, the social media networks. And we need you to do something about it. We need to make sure that you censor it. We need to make sure that you ban it, right? Well, was that really a threat? No. 
Hunter Biden laptop was not Russian disinformation. It was just pornography. It was just corruption. It wasn't Russian disinformation. It was looked at immediately and it was verified that it was legit. Not to mention there's a videotape of the man bringing it in. Not to mention there's a signed certificate that says it's his, signed twice. Not to mention there's an eyewitness. Not to mention it's all of his stuff. So what happens is you, they create a narrative. More, more precisely, they create a problem. Now that should sound eerily familiar to you. And then they offer you solutions that are far worse than the problem. That they themselves created. You're like, what does this have to do with Christianity? That's how they'll bring in the mark of the beast. It's exactly what you've been seeing over our 32nd month of 15 days to flatten the curve. And they're reinstituting mass mandates all throughout the country. Everybody thinks it's over all the time. It's over for us. It actually never began for us. My life hasn't changed at all except being inconvenienced at times by stupid people. But you need to be able to smell the sulfur. Climate change, sulfur. Gun grabbing, sulfur. CBDC, currency, sulfur. Creating a problem. What are the, how are they gonna issue in central bank digital currency? Well, we're doing that to keep your finances safe. Just like they, just like they locked you down to keep you safe masked you to keep you safe, tried to vaccinate you to keep you safe. And by the way, the things that are coming out about the vaccine are absolutely horrifying. And the deaths, this is a Dan Bongino term, but they're not gonna be able to keep that beach ball under the water much longer. Basically, it's gonna be till everybody can say, I know somebody. Eventually, it's gonna get to the place where everybody's gonna be able to say, I know somebody that died. I know somebody that got a blood clot. If you listen, if you received the vaccine this morning, understand, I'm against the vaccine, not you. Please be, be an adult and delineate the two. Delineate the two. I'm not against you. What you need is to respond this afternoon at about three o'clock when I'm done preaching. Respond to the altar call and have that poison leached out of your body. God will fix it. It's not the mark of the beast. God will fix it. Is it a mark on your right hand or on your forehead that it's not the mark? Understand that. But that's the purpose of it all. Vaccine passports put the infrastructure in place for central bank digital currency, a cashless society. Read your Bible. And all because of different problems that are espoused that doesn't, don't exist. Climate change does not exist. It, it, it exists in, you know what, I notice it's getting a little cooler out. Because it's summer or winter. I mean, because it's fall or winter. And I predict this. I'm a prophet. I predict this, that right around April, it'll start to warm up again. 
People are like, oh, this is, this is the hottest November ever. First of all, it's not. Been through many like this. I've lived in Florida since 1980. There's, all, there's warm ones, there's hot ones, there's wet ones, there's dry ones. CO2 is not a problem. COVID-19 is not a problem. Any more than the flu is a problem. I was playing this video last night on the podcast of a guy that was running down. He's actually pulling up specific cases out of the VARES and tracing it down to the person, finding out who the person is. And one of them was a seven-year-old girl who died in the hospital. They claimed that it was COVID, but she died right after her second vax. Seven years old. I want you to think about it. What was the problem that she had? It was a problem that was espoused by the adversary. of A child who has a 0% chance of dying of COVID, they have yet to find one child on the planet who they can say died strictly of COVID. Yet to find one. Yes, kids died with comorbidities. But explain to me the problem that this woman, that this girl had. She had no, there was no threat of death. There was no threat of hospitalization. She's not a significant vector of COVID-19. She doesn't transmit it. And the, and the vaccine doesn't stop transmission or infection anyway. So why was she vaxxed? She was vaxxed addressing a problem that's a phantom. It's like Pastor Rodney's book, The Phantom Menace. I mean, not the phantom, phantom virus. Phantom Menace is what, Star Wars? Is that, like, is that the first one? I can't remember. That's actually good, though. But she was, she was being vaccinated against a problem that doesn't exist. That's the point of it all. Explain to me how climate change has affected you. Your whole life is being governed by it. By the right and left in politics, by the way. Florida, big time. We think Florida's perfect. It is not. We are, we are heavily regulated in this, in this state by people on the right side and left side of the aisle, all addressing a problem that doesn't exist. Now, I'm not talking about pollution. I'm talking about climate change. I, listen, I, this sounds really mean, but I hate people that litter. You hate people, Tom? Well, there are six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to him. Two of those are people. It's true. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. A false witness who pours out lies and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Doesn't say he hated the lies. He said he hated the person. Sorry if the Bible blows up your theology. And that most people's theology is, well, you know, it just has to be like this. And God you have a monotone theology. The word of God's quick, powerful, sharp. It's not monotone. It's not the Peace Corps. You are being governed by people who are being governed by a problem that doesn't exist. That's the point of it all. It's a mass delusion. Ask yourself, what, how has climate change ever affected you? Out of the six to eight trillion dollars that were spent on COVID-19, what'd you get? A lot of other people did. You didn't get nothing. But that's the point of all of this, is to present a problem. 
and offer solutions. Solutions that are worse than even the proposed problem that doesn't exist. When they come to you and they say, you know, we want your guns. Why do they want your guns? Tom, what does this have to do with Christianity? You don't, listen, a tiger should never give up its fangs. The, 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 why, why right now in China, in Australia, can they do whatever they want? They do whatever they want. They don't dare do that yet here. That's why. They don't dare do that yet. Three-letter word. That's why we must always stand. And I see, that stand, that stand will come in what appears to be small things. Will you say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done? Now here, most of the time, you don't need to say anything. Your words should usually be few, usually. But there comes a time where things need to be said. A lot of, lot of parents never did that with their kids because they didn't want to lose them. And in that, they lost them. You'll lose them if you don't say what needs to be said. And I'm not just tell, tell, saying that you need to tell them that you love them all the time. You should. I tell my kids, I tell my wife, I always tell the people in my life, I love them, always. But I'm not just talking about that. It comes to the time where you have to bring correction, even to your adult child. Your adult child comes home and they go to some, I'm trying to think of new names, these hyper-grace, watered-down churches that, that run from the Bible They'll get like a half a verse, a message, and the rest of it's a bunch of positive stories, optimistic stories, whatever it may be, and your kid is now going to that church, watch it. I don't care if they're an adult. I used to tell people all the time, you know, just find a church. I don't say that anymore. You ever notice that? I don't say it anymore. Find a church, even if it's not this one. I'm just like, you notice what Jonathan did when he was here? You need to find a good church. And by a good church, I mean this church. Amen. Now, that may sound very self-serving to you. I'm telling you, it may sound self-serving. I'm telling you flat out, honestly, it's not. That most churches do not preach. The, who's who's going to come up here and even mention the word Joe Biden? DNC. DOJ. That's all politics that doesn't belong in the pulpit. You know what? Show me that in the Bible. Show me where politics doesn't belong in the pulpit. Show me a Bible verse. You won't. Believe me, nice. some of you are flipping through right now because you hate me and you're just waiting to get out of here. But the thing is, you won't find it. You can search all day. You won't find it. That's why people need to add to the word. But your, your child... And I say this a lot because I see just a lot of Christians with adult children that they claim are saved, and as soon as I meet them, I'm like, no, they're not. They go to churches that don't preach the gospel. They believe the gospel is accommodation. Gospel is not accommodation. It's conversion. I hate to, I know, you're not allowed to use words like conversion. It's what it is. We're to win converts to the Lord. Not converts to a cult, which is those churches, because that's what they're winning them to. But they believe that the gospel is a combination. And your kid comes home and they believe that it's Christ-like to accommodate fornication, 
homosexuality, transgenderism. And see, that's where your moment of truth comes in that appears to be small. Will you say to your 43-year-old, no, that's sin. Yeah, but that may run them away. Run them away from what exactly? Run them away from what and to what? Are they, are, are they not already gone? So how are they running away? See how delusional people get? They're running away from what? Their own, they're, they're running away from the gospel and created their own gospel that accommodates them being politically correct so they're not offensive to anybody. It's not the gospel. They hung Jesus on a tree. Wasn't he, they, listen, he was not accommodating. You whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. You indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside, you are, you are like whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, full of all uncleanness. It's not very accommodating. People have no, absolutely no idea who Jesus is. The only way to find out who Jesus is is to read Jesus, to study Jesus, because Jesus is the word. So I, I'll close the pre-message with this. <laughs> know your enemy. You can't fight with a paper bag over your head. You have to know your enemy. And the enemy right now will come with a lie about a problem that doesn't exist. That's exactly what's happening. And the worldwide church obeys the people who are propagandizing these lies by complying with their solutions. Here's a lie that doesn't exist. It's all come out now. All the studies. It's funny why it's not, why it's not worldwide news. All the studies have come out. Masking does absolutely nothing. Nothing. Well, yeah, but at least you got the N95. That does nothing. The studies have all come out now. There's absolutely nothing. Lockdowns, nothing. Social distancing, nothing. I, mean, I want you to think about the stupidity of washing your hands with alcohol. Tommy, you say stupidity from the pulpit? Of course. Of course. If it's stupid, it's stupid. I've done lots of stupid things. There's times in my life where I could have been categorized as a stupid person. Think about how stupid it is to endlessly wash your hands to fight against an airborne virus. But who has all the alcohol gel stations? The churches and Congress, doctor's offices. There's nothing. It's a ritual. Again, a solution to the problem that doesn't exist. It's a ritual. You might as well do the, the sign of the cross on yourself, which also does nothing. It's all ritual. So understand and identify, even vocally, your enemy. There it is. And don't be afraid that when your children talk about it, that you say no. That's the enemy. Well, I'm leaving, Mom. Okay. A man's enemies will be members of his own household, Matthew 10, 36. Am I saying make enemies? No. Preach the gospel. 
Preach the word instantly, in popularity, unpopularity, now, instantly. Second Timothy 4, 2, right now, which is, which is what I'm about to do. Here's the message. Matthew 6, 25 and 26, we'll launch right here. Right here. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. What does that mean? Take no thought for your life. How many of you, that's all you think about? My life. What's gonna happen? What's not gonna happen? Take no thought for your life. Do you know how free you would be? Take no thought for your life. None. What ye shall eat, nor what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? So you have that right there. Now what does this mean? Take no thought for your life. Does that mean come what may? Whatever happens, happens. Is that what it means? Take no thought for your life. If I get sick, I get sick. If I get broke, I get broke. If I die, I die. Is that what it means? Absolutely not. This is what it means. Take no thought for your life because you stand in the new covenant. Because you stand in the provision and the promises of God. You take no thought for your life. You don't need to. Whatever you ask, you shall receive. There's no need to take thought for your life. Look how the Holy Spirit works. Saw the songs that we were singing. I don't plan the songs. I don't tell Aaron what to play. I don't tell Hope what to preach. Nothing. But look what they were all talking about today. God will come through. He will come through. Not he might. Not we know that he can, but we don't know if he will. Calvinist jargon, bull, stinking, steaming pile of bull crap. Doesn't mean, oh, well, just come one man. I don't take any thought for my life. If I die, I die. Everyone's got that bold talk until someone tells them they're dying. Then they run to me. And I mean, by me, I mean symbolic. They run to people like us. Does not mean come what may or whatever happens, happens. It means, you know what? I don't have to think about my life. I don't have to think about it because I stand in the new covenant. I stand in the promises of God. The promises of God are 120 years. The promises of God is long life. The promises of God is prosperity. The promises of God is health. I don't need to take thought, I don't need to take thought for my life because I have all of that. And by the way, it works. Verse 26, Matthew 6, 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in their barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? For them, for the birds, it's come what may. My dog. <laughs> like Tom, we're tired of you talking about your dog. Well, I don't care. You got another raccoon last night. <laughs> For the raccoon, it's come what may. <laughs> Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither, neither do they reap nor gather in their barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. 
are ye not much better than they? To get away from my dog, you just have to be able to run 40 miles an hour <laughs> or climb quickly. Believe me, I'm an animal lover. It broke my heart. I spent most of a large portion of my night last night seeing what I could do and nothing I could do. I tried. Sorry to bring you down. But you need to understand something for you. People think I'm really hard on people. I'm really not. I'm the one who's always telling you how great you are. A, cho- a joint heir with Jesus Christ, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, the new Levitical order. That's you. That's you. I don't feel that way. Doesn't matter how you feel, unless your Lord is how you feel. In other words, it doesn't matter how you feel. Take no thought for your life. Well, I'm bi- bipolar. That's all you think about is your life. That's why you're bipolar. No, that's a medical condition. Oh, really? Those are the same people that told you to take a vaccination. In other words, the pharmaceutical companies making billions. God always comes through. If you ask, that's your part. Boy, that's difficult, isn't it? Jesus nailed to a cross. Nail by spike by nail. Nail to a cross. 40 days, no food, No water confronts the enemy and speaks the word of God. Dead, buried, raised again. But you and I have to ask. That's it. God will always, always, always come through. That's why you don't have to take thought for your life. People get counsel from me. And again, I warn you on that. (laughs) Don't come if you don't want to know. Come to me for marriage counseling and you're a crappy husband, you're gonna hear it. You'll, hear, you'll see me point the finger at you, the finger. It's you. If it's you, it might be the wife. It might be both. That's usually what it is. But God will always come through, always. Well, that's not what my heart tells me. The heart that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, that one. Jeremiah 17, well, when, when, we, when you get saved, you get a new heart. No, heart and mind are synonymous in Scripture. It has to be transformed over a period of time. So you're gonna listen to your feelings? A lot of you just got saved. Or you got saved. Here's the thing, too. A lot of people got saved a long time before they got in this church, but they hadn't heard the gospel for 30 years. They were sitting in these COVID-caving, bent-over churches who haven't looked at the Bible since John G. Lake was on the planet. Nothing. And you're going to listen to that heart? You're going to listen to the mind that needs to be transformed? Absolutely not. Are you going to listen to past experience? God will always come through. Well, he didn't. So, so your tradition is going to make the word of God of no effect. It's the word above all things. I don't like to address failure. But if you're going to fail... Fail pronouncing the word. It didn't work out, but the entire time I said, there's many people, there's many people that tried, they got very sick and they died and they were standing in the word of God. And you're like, well, that shows it doesn't work. No, 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 no. You know the problem. 
If you get, if you get a stage four cancer diagnosis, diagnosis and you've never ever built up your faith by dispelling unbelief, your existing faith, every person in this room, every man in this room is capable of bench pressing 300 pounds. Every man in this room. It's a matter of whether or not you did anything with it. I'm not saying that's a, a great aspiration. I'm just telling you that it's true. You're capable. It's a matter of what you do. If you get the stage four, then you got the 300 pounds on you now. You gotta go right now. And not, not, I'm not, listen, I am all in, as you well know, Matthew 16, 19, binding and loosing, you know. So bind right now. Very easy to stand in faith when you're binding and preventing. Stand, nobody preaches about preventing. Everybody preaches about healing, but nobody uh, preaches about preventing. Prevent it. If you're sick right now, do this. Lord, I ask you to prevent it from ever getting worse than it is right now. You, you stand right there. You put the dam in the river. And then you attack for healing. Nobody ever talks about that. But they, people come with a major problem don't get what they want and blame God. And worse, their relatives blame God. Well, you know, we try. So what happens is, is they'll just turn to another ideology. They'll turn to another theology. Well, I'm just, you know, that's not what my heart tells me. That's not what my mind tells me. That's not what my past experience tells me. Those are not reliable. They're not reliable. Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil, all of them. And healing, it actually says, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. It's always all, always all. That's Matthew 9, 35. It's always every, it's always all. But that's not been my experience, right? Everybody can say that, right? That's not been my experience. All has not been my experience. So my theology is no longer all. That's not what you do. You rise to the word of God. You don't take the word of God down with you. You rise to its precepts to its conditions. And you have to say, you know, it's just out of Romans 3, 4. Let God be true and every man a liar. Even an experience is a lie if it contradicts the word of God. It should have gone God's word's way. It should have, but there was a problem in the camp. How do we receive? How do we actually see it happen? And I mean the actual thing. Not, not a mystery shroud, you know, we're all going to understand once we get in heaven. Well, he's healed in heaven. A lot of good that does this, kids. That's, that's God's way. God took him. Show, that. Show, me any of these, show me any of this in the Bible. Jesus is the word. And if it's not the word, that means it's anti the word, which means it's anti-Christ. Christians preaching anti-Christ. Well, he'll be healed in heaven. Antichrist, smell it. Smell the sulfur. That's Antichrist. How do we receive the actual thing? I'm talking about, you know what? 
The scan is clean for forever. Your eyes are 2020. The limp is gone. The paralytic legs are now full and working 100%. How do you get to this place? The, the rent or the mortgage is always paid through my prosperity. How do you get to that place? How do you receive? Not the mystery. Well, you know, God's working. You know, it's a tough time. And Let me just find that verse. Let me see here. God's working, and it's a tough time. But we'll know in heaven, the struggle is real. There's victory in the struggle. Sounds like all the new normal stuff, doesn't it? Together alone, alone together. Yeah, we got new normals all right. Whenever you create new normals, watch it. Christians do it all the time. They create a new normal theology. It's not the word of God. Look at, look at our new normal, just to use our culture. Look, look at all of our new normals. Let me ask you this. I'm 54, and really, it's anybody who's 15 or older who can remember five years back. No, you can even be younger than that. But you have to be, and I've been on social media. Anybody ever see in your life where people just walk into stores and loot it and everybody stands there? Tom, you're talking about that because you're, you're ex-law enforcement. No, I talk about that because it's offensive to me. I mean, I want you to ask this question. As we, the Apple store, which is very fitting considering what Apple's doing to the Lao Beijing in China, had their store looted in San Francisco, of course. That hub, trying to quote that Star Wars, now that I've been on Phantom Menace and Star Wars stuff, I'm not much of a Star Wars guy, but the old ones I am where they go into, a, there's, no, there's no greater hive of villainy or whatever that Obi-Wan Kenobi said. It's just my beautiful mind working. Sorry, I digress. But when you're, you're in an Apple store and these guys come in, now they're all masked because that's the new normal, which is illegal in the state of Florida, by the way, to be masked. It's illegal. But the new normal says, and listen, don't let me forget about Apple Store. I tend to go off on lots of tributaries. If you've ever, there's cops in this room and there's former cops in this room. We've worked lots of car crashes in our lives. Think about how stupid it is to be driving around alone in your car with an N95 that you're barely getting enough oxygen to stay awake, <laughs> conscious. Driving down I-75 at 89 miles an hour with an N95 on your face and you just barely are able to stay conscious, whether you know it or not. Think about how ridiculous that is. So back to the Apple store. So these people come in because this is the new normal with their masks on, new normal, and start just tearing, tearing out, because they're all attached to the counters, tearing out Apple phones, iPads, and, and everything else right out of the store. That's the danger of just creating a new normal. Christians do it theologically all the time. Because if it's not God, it's either carnality or the devil, or both. I mean, how many of us, I mean, did anybody see that video? Okay, you hear some of the commentary going on? Um, should we do anything about this? 
love the new Americans. I've been on many police calls where the local redneck tackled, tackled the criminal to the ground. Thankful for those guys. And now the new normal is this. And see, the goal is to assimilate you too. Well, you know, we have meat on Tuesday, but we don't have meat on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so you gotta wait for it to come in on Sunday at the truck. I want meat every day. I'm not going backwards. When I go to Wawa to get my buffalo chicken sandwich, I want it now. And I want them to be out. Well, you're just spoiled. I don't care. I'm not going to assimilate to the new normal. We've never, we've never seen any of that. We've never seen any of this before. Why would you give into it now? All throughout Europe, what are they concerned about right now? Freezing to death. Which, and by the way, it's freezing to death. More people die of, of exposure to cold than hot. And it's not close. When have you ever heard of that before? That's the new normal ushered in by propagating a problem that doesn't exist. It's plenty of gas, it's plenty of oil, it's plenty of coal in this holiday season. Thinking of Scrooge, everybody should have plenty of coal in their kettle. But they're not allowed to have it anymore because it's a threat to the world. How? What happens, I, I didn't get to this on the podcast last night, what happens when the earth warms? Because it's gonna warm, and it's gonna do what? Cool off, and it's gonna warm, and it's gonna cool off, like it always does. It goes through warming periods, and your crop, your crop yields go way up. That's, that's the cycle that we were in for a while, now it's gotten cooler. The very people, listen to this now, the very people they want to tell you everything. The, the, see, the key is this, to hold all the product in your hand. And if you are desperate for the product, you can, your, your behavior can be, be manipulated. Hold all that product in your hand. That's the new normal. Closing all of these businesses so you only have Walmart. If you only have Walmart and they're controlled by environmental social governance, ESG, then you have to comply to get the product because there, no there is no other source. There is no other option. Smell it. But even in the midst of all of this, God will always, always come through. Amen. But understand this. Even though God will always come through for us, and out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, we will, be, we will be taken out of here before the worst of the worst comes. We'll go. We'll be gone. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8. We will. But it's not just our job to be supplied. 
It is our job to war in the heavenlies and turn this thing around. So how do you receive? That's part of turning around. You have to receive. You're, you're, you are not. You are not a city in a valley. You're a city on a hill to be seen. Well, I don't really like any attention drawn to me. And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. And then the Christian says, it's John 12, 32. And then the Christian says, well, I really don't like to be seen. I didn't say draw attention to yourself. But people need to be, they need to, I was talking to a, a friend and neighbor yesterday, and she was talking about some of her friends who struggle spiritually. I'll put it that way, because I don't know where they stand. And, and she, her life and the life of her and her husband are way better than all of theirs. It's not a competition. It's saying, hey, come up here. This is what we do. The reason why we always have money is because we tithe. The, we, the reason why we always prosper is because we're obedient. The reason why we're always healed or we're always healthy is because we stand in the word. Come up here. Shine. Shine. It's not look at me. It's look at Jesus. But if you're the body of Christ, that's got to be you. You're the body. Who are, you, who are they going to look at outside of you? How do you receive? How do you actually see it happen? The actual thing, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now here's the problem with this. It's not the problem with the verse. It's the problem with the Christians or the person's interpretation of the verse. It's not about moving God. It's not that, well, look at how much I prayed. So that moves God or pleases God or manipulates God. God is a God of faith. That is our covenant. So it's just like, the, like John chapter two, verse one, where Jesus is our mediator, where he speaks in our defense to the Father. It's not Jesus literally speaking in defense every day. It's the gospel. It's the word of God that speaks in our defense. But in the word of God is faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So without the word of God, without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's not, it, yes, God won't move without faith. But it's not your actions that please him. You instantaneously receive. That's pleasing. That's what it means by God is pleased, is you instantaneously receive if you stand in faith. Standing in faith is hardcore. Hardcore. Look at me now. Hardcore. It's every second taking every thought captive. Every second taking every word captive. It's not about moving God. It's about obedience. And it's about dispelling unbelief. How? How do you believe? How do you receive? How do you actually get the answer? Here it is. Tom, you're always talking about unbelief. You're going to see this today. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So how do you go get your answer? You're afraid to say it because you've been taught humility is everything. It's not. 
I'm not saying, listen, I'm never, I'm not talking about being an arrogant jerk. I'm talking about boldness. If you want an answer, you want things done. You, nothing pleases God but faith. Faith is boldness. Same, same book of the Bible. That's Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Boldly. Hebrews 10.19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You come in boldly. God doesn't mind. It pleases him. Lord, I put this demand on the covenant. That's how you get an answer. You're not going to get an answer with your worldly humility. Lord, if it be thou will. And, you know, if it just today, if the sun happens to shine upon me. Throwing a couple THs on the end of the words. Showeth thy mercy. All those people never get provision. never happens. How do you get an answer? How, how do you actually receive? James 1.6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. You know what nothing means? Nothing. You can't waver at all, ever. Well, I need to have a mental health day. You'll get nothing. That doesn't please God. You get nothing. And it's not even, he's not withholding. You are. It's, it's actually kind of hard to explain. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Like he's going to withhold, but no. Notice it's just faith that will move everything. But you can't waver. Wavering is the opposite of faith. I was, talking, we were, I was talking about this with Tommy and my wife yesterday. And they were decorating the Christmas tree. And I remember when my son was little, and he's a, it's weird to even talk about it now because now he's a cage fighter. But when he was little, he was scared to climb up the ladder and put the top, topper on the tree. And he used to just kind of, he'd get up to the, close to the top and he'd start going, dad, dad, dad. That's what he'd do, just like that. Dad, he's scared, he'd freeze up there. Now, if I held him by his thigh, I mean, I just pick him up by his thighs, and he was fine. Why? Faith. Faith. Without wavering. There was no wavering. That's how you have to be, that's how I have to be. Romans 4 20 and 21. He did not waver, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Never wavering, being fully convinced. Yeah, but the circumstances aren't, aren't dictating that to me right now. God is stronger than the circumstances. Now, that doesn't mean that if the circumstances never change, that you just keep going, well, God's working in it. No, the circumstances must change. If you're broke, there needs to be money. If you're, if you're infirm, there needs to be healing. If there's disease, you need to be healed. If there's lack, you need provision, whatever it is. 
If there's depression or anxiety, there needs to be soundness of mind. Otherwise, something's wrong. It's not God's working in the struggle. No. There has to, you can never waver though, even if it persists for a while. Never waver at all. I mean, you think about Abraham going up there with a knife with his son. Never wavered. Never. He said, God, can we talk about this? No. He didn't talk about it. He didn't ask nothing. God said, sacrifice your son. He said, okay. His son's talking to him. Hey, Dad, where's the sacrificial lamb? Never wavered. How hard is that? It's hard for a bunch of Americans who depend on psychology. Did Abraham try to impress God? No. Move God? Manipulate God? No, he just never wavered. Fully convinced. He didn't do this many prayers, that many prayers. And there's, there's, a, there's a time for fasting. It's, a, it's mandated because this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. There's time, but in this case, no. Fasting doesn't move God anyway. Again, it dispels unbelief. But there are usually roadblocks. So we've covered this. Here's Abraham and everybody oohs and ahs over Abraham, including me. But there are, let's, let's get down to brass tacks, shall we? Shall we? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. What time is it? 11.33. There are roadblocks. Probably everybody in this room has not gotten what they've asked for at different times. Or most of the time, or 50% of the time, 40% of the time, 90% of the time, whatever it may be. You've asked and it didn't happen. So there are roadblocks. Let's look at it. Psalm chapter 25, 14 and 15. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. There's roadblocks. Even with David. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. People struggle. Psalm, 20, Psalm 91, verse three. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. People struggle. Listen, I don't, I don't say that people should struggle. I have struggled, but people do struggle. So we have to address it. There are roadblocks, there are snares. We get stuck in the net, amen? amen. So how do we get out? Think of it this way. When you, if you were to go to the bathroom right now, if you were to walk, go to wash your hands, do you have to do anything but turn the faucet on? Do you? No. I know you're afraid to answer. You just turn the water on. Why? It's right there. It's right there, but there's a hindrance. There's a steel plate in front of that water holding it back. There's a steel plate there. That's the only hindrance there is. It's right there. You don't have to do anything at all, but deal with that steel plate. That's what I'm talking about right now. How do you get that thing out of the way? How do, how do you remove it? Because that's the snare. That's the trap. We know, Tom, we know it's unbelief, but today I'm going to define unbelief for you. I'm gonna show you specifically what is unbelief. 
preaching all the time out of Mark chapter 9, Matthew chapter 17, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Why can we not cast it out? Because of your unbelief. Well, what is unbelief? Because a lot of people are like, they're just like the father of the epileptic boy. Lord, I do believe. They never pray the second part. Help my unbelief because nobody will humble themselves. But let's define what unbelief is. So you know how to get that steel plate out of the way of the water. Lack of boldness is unbelief. A lot of you, your personality is Switzerland. You are neutral. You believe that that's an attribute. You're always the mediator in the family. Now let's all just come together now. Now what you, honey, what's your side of the story? Hey, honey, darling, dear, what, what, what is your side of the story? And you, you just think that you are Mr. Above it all. When you're actually a thinly veiled coward who won't take the appropriate side. Let's all just get together now and talk this thing out. When it's obvious who's at fault. Lack of boldness is unbelief. If you don't go boldly unto the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4, 16, that's unbelief. You mean I gotta act bold? Maybe I'm just not a bold person. That's a lie. God would not have put a prerequisite found in the word on you if you didn't have that ability. You go boldly. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive out of the covenant of Jesus. I make this demand upon our covenant. And I demand that I be made well. I demand this provision. Well, for a lot of Christians, that's not Christ-like, but that's the Bible. Not being fully convinced is unbelief. Well, you know, I prayed for a lot of people, and you know, sometimes you just gotta deal with them. No, that's wavering. Is it the truth to say, well, you know what, I prayed for lots of people and it didn't happen? Yes, why didn't it? Well, you know, God has a plan. That's a lie, and that's wavering. It's not the Bible. God doesn't have some sort of ambiguous mystery shrouded in mist will. It doesn't exist. It's not in the Bible. His will is what? After this manner pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's it. There is no other will. Is there a lack of provision in heaven? Sickness, illness, disease? Depression, anxiety, no, nothing. Well, you know, you gotta get down to the real life. Wavering, unbelief. Yeah, you'll make you, yes, you'll be, you'll, you'll be more highly accepted than me. Congratulations. So are all the Vax people. They're more highly accepted than I am too. So are all the liars. Whoa! To you when all men speak well of you, for so do their fathers to the false prophets. It's not, it's not an attribute necessarily for a whole lot of people to think highly of you. It's an attribute to stand in the word of God. 
and then come what may when it comes to people. So it's a process for, mo for most. A gift for some. What I'm talking about is receiving. It's a process for most, including me. that make you feel any better? It's a gift for some. Some people just get it. Some people just get it. Some people, you strap skis on their feet, they just ski right down the mountain. Some people gotta go get lessons for years. Some people go right out and play golf and they're perfect right now. It's just a gift. It's, very, it's actually rare. For most, it's a process. Being able to receive is a process. It's the only question is, will you go through it? But for some, it is a gift. Where do you get the gift from? Because I want to encourage you, if you have the gift, there is a gift of faith. It's easy to receive. If that's you, man, roll in it. You should be raising the dead. What are you doing on social media? Get to the hospitals. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another one, to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. God, Holy Spirit's kind of important. Just throwing that out there. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. So for some, it's simply a gift. To another tongues, to another interpretation tongues. For those of you that struggle to speak in tongues, some people it just comes. For you, it's a process. Now, I'm not telling you to embrace the process. I'm telling you to go through the process. Modern Christianity is all about embracing the process. So you perpetually stay in the process, which is very demonic, which is very worldly. Because that's what they always want you to do, is stay in the process. They actually want to infirm you so that for the rest of your life, you have to depend on the government. Notice that you got to see the commonalities of the spirit realm. You have to see it. But for some, it's a gift, but not for most of us. Being able to receive is a process. The only question is, will you do it? And will you go through it? And by the process, I don't mean the problem. The sickness is not the process. The lack is not the process. The getting to the solution is the process. Everyone's like, oh, I'm just going through the process right now. We're just dead to the wall, broken. My wife's full of anxiety. But you know, we're just going through the process. That's not the process. It's demonic influence, it's carnal. The process is learning how to defeat all of those things, not being in the midst of those things. The question is, will you go through it? Will you do it? If you don't do it, you'll accomplish nothing. You'll never see healing. You'll never see prosperity. You can go to heaven. You can go to heaven basically with very, very small faith. Of course, it's one measure of faith. When I say small faith, I just mean faith that's been minimized. You've been given huge faith. You've been given the measure of faith to move mountains, to heal the sick, give sight to the blind. You've all been given it. It's not a soul in this room that can't heal cancer. Not a soul. Not a soul. But the question is, the question is, will you go through the process to get to that point? 
The process is boldness, never wavering, knowing the promises of God. How do you stand in the promises that you don't know? And being fully convinced. Will you go through that problem? If you don't, you'll accomplish nothing. No healing, no prosperity, no victory, no discernment. That's why the entire church, world church, 99.9% of church is closed, locked down, put up alcohol gel stations and masked. For closed for months and even years. Closed. Some of them will never come back again. Because they have no discernment because nobody went through the process. They never studied to show themselves approved. They wavered. They weren't bold. Because they were told that being bold is arrogant. Really? So Jesus is arrogant? He's awfully bold. Is he not? Let's see, the number one soul winner in the Bible is Paul, and he told people to lop their testicles off. That's not very Christ-like. Oh, so Paul wasn't Christ-like, according to your standards. Why don't you just form a religion and put your name on it? Bob. What faith are you, Bob? I'm of the faith of Bob. So what's the process? What's the process? If you don't go through it, you accomplish nothing, and you'll become a Calvinist. You'll adapt your theology. You'll just change it. You just say, you know what? It's too hard. I don't want to do all that fasting. I don't want to do all that praying. Oh, there goes that Tom. He's that workspace pastor. I tell you that you have to work to go to heaven? No, I said you had to work to understand what you have. Otherwise, it's going nowhere. There's people in here in your 70s, people in your 60s, 50s, 40s. Listen, it's not happening. Just admit it. It's because you never go through the process. Christianity for you is a very sedate faith. You work at everything else in your life, but you will not work at your faith because you think it's antithetical to your faith. You know why you think it's antithetical to your faith? Because you're perishing for lack of knowledge. You don't read the Bible. The Bible's all about works. The greatest soul winner on the planet that's ever existed was Paul, and he had the entire Torah memorized. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, memorized. You ever read those? Woof. They go through the lists. Memorized. Construction of the temple, of the tabernacle, memorized. Think about it. That's a little bit of works, right? That's why it's so easy for him to stand in faith, because he had the word instilled on the inside of him, even as an unbeliever. My, pre- my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's how we become a shining city on a hill. The question is, will you go through the process you're going to turn this bad boy back on? <laughs> Everywhere I go, people are sitting together on their phones including my own house, including me. Feed me, entertain me. 
New normal. I remember back in, when I was still a cop, back in the 90s, the one person had a phone on your entire squad. That was the sergeant. And it was one of those bricks that plugged into the lighter. <laughs> and everybody was happier. Well, that's what all the old people say. I'm telling you, everybody was happier before we were happy. Well, you know, you want it so you're always reachable. You know, listen, you know what? It's good not to be reachable. Take a break. All it does is amp up everybody, everybody's uh, need for communication. It just, it amps up everybody's, you know, it used to be where you, you have your phone at your house. And everyone, they knew that in order to reach you, they'd have to call you at your house. Now everyone just expects to be able to reach you all the time. The expectation, it just amps up the expectations. So now you're expected to be reached 24-7. And, every, and, and anxiety and depression are through the roof in this country. And our life expectancy is worse than China. Worse than Japan. And we're all happy with these things, right? Why am I carrying it around? I'm telling you right now, if I didn't pastor this church, I wouldn't have any of these things. I'd never be on social media ever in life. I'm telling you. I got on social media so I could defend Foundation Church. I did. That's why I got on it. So if you don't go through this process, don't go through the process of being able to receive, i.e., dispelling unbelief, you will accomplish nothing. You'll just have to turn to Calvinism. Well, you know, come what may, doesn't really matter. Get sick and die, get sick and die. Boy, everyone's gonna want that faith. How do I get saved into that faith of Bob? Man, how can I get that? Well, that's great. The God who's great once you're dead. I thought he said he gave you life and life to its full abundance. See, you're gonna have to become a Calvinist. That's what everybody does. Most evangelical, I mean, not most evangelicals, most Pentecostals are Calvinists. They have no theological basis whatsoever. You ask them, can you lose your salvation? Is there a great falling away? Well, you know what I believe. What you believe, Bob? <laughs> What's the Bible say? The Bible is a great offense to religious people. And I love to pick on Calvinists because a lot of them are evangelical. They're saved. They just do nothing. They're flute players. They're the very ones Jesus cleared out of the room. Think about, think about how people always label themselves. I've preached this before. I'm going to preach it right now. Think about how people always label themselves. Baptist. Well, that's just right out of Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. Acts chapter 8, 14 through 17. Have you even heard of have you even heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, we've only we've only heard of the baptism of John. Label themselves Baptists. So no Holy Ghost. They label themselves that. It's, people are always that way. They'll always label themselves. The the most the biggest street in New York is what? The most highly pro the most high profile street in New York is what? Broadway. Right out of Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate. 
For for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. They label themselves. The devil's mocking them. The devil's always an imitator of God. Always. God sets a table before, before you in the presence of your enemies. God sits there with a big fat turkey for you. Right in front of his starving enemies. Mmm, oh, you yummy. Can I have some more gravy, please? God mocks, so the devil always imitates God. How, where, does, where does anxiety and depression come from? Eh, too simplistic. You gotta look at the tactic. You gotta smell out the sulfur. You gotta recognize it. Where does it come from? The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were, right? Romans chapter four, verse 17. Most of you have never heard this before. Listen. Struggle with anxiety, you struggle with depression, this is why. Right here. It's not a disease, it's seed that's been sown. Listen. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. The devil does the exact opposite in the name of fear. He, call, he, does, he says, you, the God who gives life to the dead calls things that are not as though they were. So the devil calls things that are not as though they were in the name of fear instead of the name of faith. Or calls things that are as though they are not in the name of fear, but not faith. That's how you form anxiety and depression. Is you call things that are not as though they were. Or you call things that are as if they are not. Believe me, I know. Spent years sowing that seed. It's not a disease. You don't need a pill. You need your mind renewed. That's what happens. You sit there and you call things that are not as though they were. Your fear. Well, this could happen. This is going to happen. This might happen. Or you call things that are as though they are not. You got a great wife. And all you do is gripe. You're welcome to depression and anxiety. It's coming. It's seed. You got to go through the process. What is the process? Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Most of us know these verses. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh. That's the only one everybody knows is that one. They know that one. They skip the next one and they go to verse 9. Because nobody likes to read about themselves. For he who sows to his flesh will have the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to your flesh depression and anxiety, call things that are not as though they were, call things that are as though they are not, that's sowing to your flesh. Spent years doing it, decades doing it, wasting my life. Wasting my life. God can restore. God is restoring. But I wasted my life. I wasted decades of my life. I'm glad for these end times fast forwarding so God can bring to fruition the ministry that he's called me to. See, you you think that I'm yelling and screaming at you. I'm yelling and screaming at all of us. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the capitalized spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Not when you're dead. Now, on earth, as it is in heaven. Well, I've tried all this. Wavering. It may feel good in the moment. 
I've tried, I've prayed, the sickness got worse, the infirmity got worse, I tried, you're wavering. Be militant. Be angry at it. Don't let the sun go down on that anger. And let us not be weary. What's unbelief? Wavering. Lack of boldness. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Weariness is unbelief. I told you I'm going to define it for you today. I've just been trying so hard for so long. Why are you talking like that? Well, because my feelings tell me to. Church of Bob. There he is again. I'm gonna create, create some sort of image to flash on the screen whenever I say Bob. Some big time doofus too, Bob. Lack of boldness is unbelief. Not being fully convinced is unbelief. Weariness, unbelief. Wavering, unbelief. Fainting. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. We shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. Fainting, unbelief. Sowing is the process. What are you gonna do today? By the time you get out of here, it'll probably be 12.30. By the time you get to your car, somewhere in that neighborhood. What are you gonna do with the rest of the day? You got 11 and a half hours till the day is over. What are you gonna do today? What are you gonna do? You gonna sow? You gonna go through the process? You gotta sow. I'm gonna memorize Bible verses today. Anybody else? I'll be in my office today going after it. There's things I want. There's things I need. And I want to please God. I like God. He's a good God. Sowing is the process. John 15, 7. 11, 57. Everybody with me? How many of you went to church services far longer when you were younger? One clap. Thank you. Seriously, love you. You're with me. John 15, 7. You always got to look at these combo. I almost preached an entire message on combo verses. Because everyone uses one verse, but not the preceding and the proceeding verse. It's always funny. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Abiding is belief. Not abiding, unbelief. Everybody getting it? You have to abide. You have to stick. Never wavering. Never saying the negative thing. Never going for, you know, that puke counseling. I don't go, the my number one counselor in my life was my wife, an encourager. And not just, you know what, you're just great, Tom. No, she starts off with, you're way too carnal. That's how we start every conversation. <laughs> but I'm confident that you will win. That's how, basically our, 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 the gist of our counseling sessions. I don't counsel her very often, but she counsels me a lot. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're gonna, my words stick in, in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done. The opposite of shall is unbelief. Might, could, my past experiences, making the word of God of no effect. What's the preceding verse? If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Not remaining, unbelief. You have to remain. There's no down days, no down moments. You're telling me you got to live up to that? Yes. Well, that doesn't really, you know, that doesn't really uh, fit with my psychology. Your heart that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Your mind that must be transformed by the renewing of it. 
Why would you, why would you be listening to that? Why would you be taking counsel from a four-year-old? Hey, hon, thinking about making some investments. What, daddy? Um, what do you think? You gonna take her counsel? That's most of our minds and hearts. I'm not, I'm not taking myself, notice I said our, not your. I'm not taking myself out of the equation. My family tells me all the time how immature I am. And at times, even times at gullible. I'm the guy, on, I'm everybody's dream in New York City. All the panhandlers, I'm their dream because I just don't want to be rude to them. Hey, they come up to you. My son's going, Dad. Well, it was 2017, so it was what, six years ago. So he was like 16, 17, something like that, 16 years old. And he's like, Dad, just ignore them. And I'm sitting there, oh, really? Yeah, what are, what are you selling? Okay. I just, okay, I get that pamphlet and I go to this bus. You're like, Tom, you're, you're, you're hard-hearted, you're mean. I'm really not. I'm really quite gullible. I wasn't a great cop, really. Really, I wasn't because I was, listen, I was sorry, listen, if you wanted the basic job done, I'm good. Everything would be done, written right, everything. Everybody would be treated fairly. All those things. But I was too nice. I believe people. Oh, really? That's the reason why? You, oh, okay. Just go ahead and drive off. <laughs> Broke my heart. I, I could never write tickets in the morning. People are driving into work. You know, going 65 and a 45, and our traffic guys would be out there just zinging $200 tickets. And I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull it off. I was actually nice. But you see, going back to my mind, your mind, you don't take advice from that. I.e. heart, you take advice from the Word and from the Spirit. Your Spirit will tell you the opposite of your feelings and tell you to do everything that's uncomfortable in your life. Your spirit will challenge you today. If you're a husband that is condescending, rude, arrogant, and mean to your wife, he'll tell you to do the opposite today, right now. And it's gonna be uncomfortable because you've really gotten used to it. And you use it to manipulate the activities in your household. You use it to manipulate. Now, some of it goes the other way. It's 50-50. There's some, there's some real nasty shrews in here, too. You know who you are. Your period has been going on for 47 years. How many pre-things can we have? Pre-this, pre-that. The whole month shot. But God will tell you to do the opposite. And you gotta gut it out with his strength. And you gotta do it. It's, a pro it's the process. It's abiding in the process. If you waver, you will get the seed that you sowed into the ground. And I don't care whether it psychologically lines up or not, 
whether it makes sense or not. Let God be true and every man a liar. Just because it's sensible to you doesn't mean that it's God's way. His thoughts, his ways are above yours and mine. Abiding in the process. Listen to this, Philippians 4, 6 and 4, 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Very nice, right? Matthew 7, 7, 7, 8. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth it unto him that knocketh it shall be opened. Woo! Problem is, problem is, problem is. Woo! Amen, hallelujah. And nothing happens. Why? Because of Philippians 4, 8. Here comes the, pro- here comes the process. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's the process that's getting the steel plate out of the way and turning the water on. That's how it works. If you don't do it, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose. And it's hardcore. It's training. Why is everybody willing to train? There's people in this room that I know. You, I'm not talking about whether you're spiritual life at all, so you could be doing all the things that I'm saying this morning. But you would never miss the gym. You'd be like, I'm trying to think of what football player was it? I can't remember. Oh, gosh. Ronnie Lott. He had an option. Take this game off and save the tip of your finger or lop it off and play in the game. He didn't even hesitate, lop it off. He never would miss. A lot of you are the same way. You would never miss. A lot of you are so committed to your diet, like your seaweed and your kelp. (laughs) Your know this and your know that. I don't even know any of the terms. Gluten-free. You let your kids go straight to hell, but gluten will never touch their lips. <laughs> don't drink that gluten but just go date that girl though oh it's so great that you're dating that wonderful girl uh they're going straight to hell together and at least they never had any gluten that's what your kid will be able to say on judgment day gluten free jesus You got to go through the process. And God's going to give you, illuminate for you, step one right now. Right? Lord, reveal it to each and every person in this room, including me. Right now, in Jesus' name, reveal it to him. Reveal it to him. God will give it to you. It's going to be small. Small and painful. But you have, listen, when you, when you get in, I'm closing with this. Worship team, you guys can make your way. 12.07, make your way. If you don't take captive of every thought, you're dwelling in unbelief. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. What's the preceding verse? Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. 
Stir it up. This is, this, there's works involved to discover that which you got through grace. Casting down imaginations. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God. What supplication mean? Repetitive prayer. Pray without ceasing. Repetitive prayer. So you pray one time, it doesn't work, that's the end? Change your theology, become a Calvinist? Do it again. Do it again. Casting down. Imagine it's because you're in the process, so do it again. God has already answered the prayer. You just haven't moved the steel plate out of the way. It's already answered right there. It's right there. But you got to move the plate out of the way. Turn the water on. It's all your part. Casting down, this is it. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? You have everything. You are healed. You are restored. You are prospered. He became poverty so that you could become rich. He became diseased so that you could become healed. He became infirmed so that you could become healed. He became blind so that you could see. It's all already done, but you got to cast down the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against that very knowledge and take every thought captive. Make it obedient to Christ. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. All of that is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. Praise you, Lord. That's it. I'm done. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.